0: Johnny. Hey, Scott. There hey, we go. You? Now I can, now you I can hear, hear you. Good. Yeah.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Bellman, with my co-host, the ever-affable Johnny Ciotti. How are you doing today, Johnny?
0: Can't complain, man. Can't You're complain.
1: Good, good. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're just uh, we're happy to have one of these uh, joint recordings. It's been a, been a few weeks, and we thought we'd jump on and do this. Um, we're going to talk about a few topics that we're kind of into today, and then we're going to... I have some good ones for you today, man. You're going to test your, test your brain on some of these. Um, you might like these. Our, uh, our listeners are sharp. So, Johnny, you know what I want to talk about today? I might. Um,
0: let's I, talk about I might.
1: This. You might? <laughs> You're not reading my mind. You're not reading my mind. Let's talk about the process of creating a tank. Let me give you a background for this question without boring you, because you've heard this already, Johnny, but I'll be real quick. So, I have this thing that a lot of times... I'll start with an idea and I'll create an aquarium and I'll get it going. Maybe I'll even have it running for like a few weeks or even a month or whatever. And then I'll just realize, I just don't like it. It's not me. Or I'll start working on something, you know, get it almost done and go, this is just, I can't, I don't like it. And it's change in the middle of it. And that's always been something that I've, it's like an edit on the fly thing. And I've always felt like, somewhat guilty about that until very recently i'm like no i'm just doing what i feel is me i'm following my path and sometimes my path isn't what i originally thought it would be and you as a very versatile aquascaper have to have some thoughts on that i kind of want to have a little discussion with you on that today
0: yeah you know I, i think that um you know one it really starts um with the planning and the preparation and and how we've been made to feel like whatever that original idea is that is that is it that's the only the only thing um and it's it's somewhere along the way we've created that idea that you know whatever you set out to do whatever that layout is it's permanent and you have to run it for the life of the aquarium and the only other option is to simply tear it down um you know i don't i don't know where that construct came from um but i I don't want us to have to be like beholden to um any one specific philosophy or you know idea of how an aquarium design should be like the nature aspect of this should give room for new ideas new interpretations um disruption um An input, you know, uh, not everything is constant in a stream or a river or a lake. And if anything, you look at those environments and they're very dynamic and they're constantly changing. And um, as seasons move and change, um, many things move and change. And so we talked about this many, many times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing that I do like about botanical style aquariums is that the materials by virtue of the fact that they start decomposing or or you know getting a patina of bio cover start changing in the minute you put them in the water so a tank evolves regardless unless we fight it off constantly by scrubbing it and you know taking things out and replacing them it's a process that we we have to embrace rather than avoid and i think there's a certain leap of faith you make when you're making one of these tanks unless you want to spend all day you know scraping you know biofilm off of seed pods and you know, replacing things that blow around and taking every leaf out and putting a new one in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, something's right there. And that's why I did this whole thing about like being stuck with an original concept. I know as a, as a, when you were really professionally aquascaping, when you were doing, you know, high end displays, did you have input from a customer or client or was it like, you would say, this is what I want to do. And you would do it and you would change it. Or would you just be like, Nope, I'm going to follow through.
0: Yeah. You. you know, that, that Sounds one's interesting because, you know, the ultimate goal there um, that you're, you're balancing two different things. One are making sure that the are happy. Um, but, but right. ultimately you're also, you know, answering to the client. And so whoever you're doing the aquarium for like any project um, it's, the planning, the preparation, um, and having very clear communication on what the expectations are and, and how those things are. So it's, it's convincing the client that their main goal is also to keep the inhabitants happy. And that all just comes with right making the right choice in the first place. Um, and so, you know, there's that and they do have input, you know, if you're trying to, um, bring or combine multiple elements in a living space together, or whether you're trying to make maximum impact or you're, you're really trying to accentuate like contrast between elements, those are all different things, but sometimes there's just, uh, like a tangent or a line or a break that's made somewhere in the actual composition or design of the aquarium. And it just doesn't suit or work for everybody. Like some people like more extremes. Um, and the client right. might at some point in time look at it and just be like ah, you know it's just not doing it like we planned this we we mapped this out we laid it out we selected the fish we went through the entire process with you know a keynote or a powerpoint or a google slides or whatever and um and like step by step right. on how this whole thing was going to get laid out and it ultimately just might not be what they thought it was going to be and you need to learn how to pivot and so you know, uh, that's where you're meeting their expectations, but at the same time also having to accommodate the fish and make sure that they're happy. Um, and it does happen though. And, um, it happens more often than you'd probably think. Uh, it's also a great thing as a professional, um, not to say to have an unhappy, um, client, but somebody that wants more or wants change. And after a year, Yeah, cool i'm I'm happy to do a uh you know a rescape at your expense <laughs> so uh you know that, that that's fine um it, yeah and motivation. but then at the same time yeah. there's it there's something to it and i think that's probably what people strive for when yeah. they they feel like they can't make an adjustment is to have an aquascape that stands the test of time you know yeah Um do not disturb definitely put on um so uh did i did i just cut out there
1: <laughs> oh you, you totally cut out for, and i just waited so, it out. like everybody knows that this is the most hardcore I, you
0: know i have do not Stop disturb turned on ago. on every device in the house and somehow somehow somebody's phone word. call still got through here which is super obnoxious um so anyway the the point that i was making yeah. and hopefully if i can get back to my train of thought um,
1: yeah.
0: Was what? 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 what?
1: <laughs> you? Uh, I don't know you because you're cut out. But <laughs> you know what though?
0: Oh, I think I oh. Can, the, the the point the I point, point was okay. And I think this is the crux of it. Many people want to believe that they're, and I'm not saying that they're not good, but many people want their aquarium or their aquascape to stand the test of time, and they have to keep into perspective. They're not a model. Right nothing you do will ever be a mono and and that's fine. You're not going to have an aquascape that's going to last 15 years and just require replanting. Um, So the idea, and it's this false one that people have set up is, well, I'm going to set up the scape and I'm going to, I'm going to make it work and I'm going to continue working with it. Like, why are you doing that when you've only done eight scapes in your whole career or your whole life? You know, so don't be stuck to it. Like do well, four or 500 or a thousand or, you know, lay out an aquarium every day of the week in a dry tank and learn that change is totally fine. Your, your skill level and expectation shouldn't be one and the same. I, I think if you plant your tank or, you know, set up a blackwater tank or do do whatever kind of aquarium you're going to do and it's not working, that should be your first indicator that it's not working for you. It's not working for anybody. It's probably not working for the inhabitants. Just redo it.
1: Well, you know, that that's interesting because it, there's there's different schools of thought to how you do a tank. I mean, some people approach it from I have a fish in mind and I'm going to design an aquarium to accommodate the fish. Other people approach it as I have a I have a concept that I want to follow. I, want, I have a certain way of want. I see this piece of wood and I really want to use it. I, I get that. And then other people like I take an approach of sort of I find an, an ecological niche that I like. And I figure out how could I do it in a way that I enjoy and that will be beneficial for the fish. So there's like a lot of different psychological approaches I suppose you can take to doing that yeah. too, right? I mean, it's not like a lot of it depends on what approach you're taking to begin with. And uh, without getting too esoteric into you know, aquascaping theory, I, I think you brought up an interesting point about a mono. Like, I mean, I, I know we've had this discussion before that we generally keep our tanks set up for a long period of time. And since we've been working on this stuff for Tannin, it's been sort of at odds with our, a lot of our philosophy and that we're trying to inspire and show new ideas more often than we normally would. So we're doing two, three, four, mm-hmm. five, six tanks of a, a year or more. Uh, how has that been playing on you? Like it, as far as your skill or uh, did you get mm. antsy or do you get like, okay, it's time to change or you don't want to bring mean, the, There's different, down, or, there's
0: or, different or, there's factors at play that, okay. that, um, you know, work on your emotions that way. One, you know, we, we strive to turn out as much content or variety for people to get excited about, um, or maybe just learn about a specific type of whatever it is that they may not know. And, you know, that's kind of a responsibility of ours is, you know, we're not obligated to do it, but we get really excited about it and we just want others to be excited and, and then bringing new things to the table. So yeah, you can antsy, to a degree because of the constant churn um, at the same time you do get attached to aquariums. It's mostly the personality, the interaction of the fish and the environment um, you know, that, that is the hard one to let go. Um, I don't particularly get attached to an aquascape anymore. Um, like the, the overall aesthetic, because mm-hmm. I can take a picture um, and I right, can, right, you know, take right. video and put something together and, and really remember the essence of the aquarium and what it was. Um in kind of a snapshot of it at the best time and the best light. And and so it lives on forever. And the idea of it um, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully inspires others. So I don't really get stuck on it anymore. Where I get stuck is, you know, watching the fish, um, especially if they start really displaying great color or they're starting to 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 breed or um, you know.
1: Right. Right. And you're like, like, I just can't let
0: these things go. And so, um, that's different. You know, I think that's a different situation, but if something's just not aesthetically working, um, I'll be the first one to just make an alternation or alter uh, alteration. I'll make an altercation. I'll start fighting the thing. I'll make an altercation. um, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll adapt and change, um, you know and, and and really try to make it work um for what the intended purpose was but if i can't get to it over time naturally um i'll strike the whole thing and just and start over um i, I don't have any problem with that i'm not married to any of it and I'm not it's married. not that i'm, I'm like oh i'm so to good him. to you know i i you know i can just whip up whatever like there i've had so many tanks that just don't work and i, I just don't typically Yeah, share crappy stuff all the time. time. Um, But I've had a whole bunch of them. Unfortunately, my Instagram feed is scrubbed, but um, I've had a whole bunch of tanks where I've I've set them up and just never even finished them. Even, you know, nature aquarium, I'm like, eh, it's just not getting there. And I just tear it down, you know, and it it is what it is.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, that's another factor too, because you've got, you've got plants. So, which, which are sort of beyond your can, I mean, one lot not beyond your control, but they're doing what they do mm. based on the environment you provide. And you could, you know, some of that's out of your control. You could have a bad week of, you know, dosing or something, and boom, there it goes. And your carefully plant aquascape yeah. turns to yuck. So I, I suppose that's another factor where, as a botanical-style tank or a pure hardscape, it's more about, like, do you like what you're doing and how's it going? <laughs> you know, it's not like something, circumstances. And dictate, there's, you know, there's different appeals
0: to those. Typically. I mean, you know, planted aquariums or nature aquarium style is um is beautiful but i think there's a lot of it is also the manicuring and growing and um you know the developing the composition after the hardscape so the hardscape isn't Mm -hmm. something that really necessarily changes in that environment because you have these other elements that are growing in or filling in so if you made a bad choice early on with your hardscape you're kind of screwed so you're gonna you're gonna just strike the whole thing um, blackwater tank right. is, is the opposite. You know, you're, it, you're not deconstructing, but it's like a de-evolution of, of elements. It's the, the constant breakdown. It's, it's mm-hmm. watching this sort of fleeting moment or um, a series of them.
1: Yeah. You're seeding some of that to nature. Yeah. You're, you're seeding some of the work and you have to have that faith. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing.
0: Shows. And so the, yeah. the longer it goes, the more you start to expose the skeleton. So, you know, if anything in a blackwater aquarium, I prefer it kind of from the opposite mentality. You know, I know you plant heavy in a planted tank and and then grow it up, but you're still not starting with the same mass of plants as you would, um, you know, at, at, uh, at the final photo, you know, it just doesn't work that way. You need to, to sculpt them. And so with a blackwater tank, I like to start, even one of two ways, but like tons and tons of leaf litter and watch the things break down and then add more to it or potentially start really, really low and, and then just continuously build up a build up, you know, a, a tremendous amount of, um, you know, leaf litter into, into the aquarium and then just watch it break down. And right. that's my favorite part is, is literally exposing the skeletons, um, to all these things. It's, it's like the heart and soul to, that style of aquarium um you know it's it's, it's it's different then there's the third style which or whatever it is um you know the the hardscape only where you don't have botanicals you just have the basic elements and i think that's where the the true sort of um masters or craftsmen of of yeah like that the art type if you're a hardscape doesn't look beautiful on its own with nothing else in it you know you Mm -hmm. it's not going to be an effective aquarium it's it's really you have to be highly skilled at composition well
1: well you know i spent i think i told you for for some reason over the last few weeks i just decided to start watching some of those old ada videos watching a mono scape and like you know when he would do the scapes or direct you know the people that do the scape he would spend so much time looking at a rock and he'd go that's not going to work unless we tilt it this way he would just like innately know he'd say you know well the the plants are going to grow into the current facing this way so the rock needs to be facing this way yeah that fascinating that the hardscape was so important to what he did like i always thought plants and then you watch him work and you're like no no it was really about the wood and the rock placement. That was, I, it's, it's,
0: it's huge. It's, it's almost, I mean, it's paramount. Um, yeah. I remember a conversation that Amano had with, uh, Mike Sensky talking about, um, the, the stone essentially, you know, he who kind of masters the stone kind of masters the whole damn thing. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily just stone in itself. Um, it's, it's the hardscape material. Um, you know, it's wood, it's, it's all of those elements, but, um, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think some of the, the parts, and this is why, you know, shameless plug, I'm the first one to just do shameless plugs for us. It's, Hmm. it's why when, that's, you're that's ordering right. hardscape materials, and you can't sit there and select them, uh, especially in a in a COVID world. Um, yeah. It's so important to have, you know, whether you're not, you, whether you're ordering it from Tannin or anybody else, to have that sort of communication. Be like, this is what I'm looking for, right. and have somebody that's experienced be able to select and group those elements for you. Um, you know, I mentioned the guy's name a right. hundred thousand times. It's almost impossible to talk about modern aquascaping without bringing up the name Jeff Sensky and if you ever sit down with him or or have the luxury of having a conversation with him um well yeah and and the 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 groupings he will talk about um the expression of a stone and you know the materials so when you're selecting those things you can just tell you're like that one doesn't match the the veins are different the texture of the rock is different there's a slightly different patina or, or you know the way well, it's it's angled and it's just not going to work and so don't force those elements
1: you know right and and that and that kind of brings me to a, a question i want to ask as we wrap up this aquascaping part i, I will never wrap think, up the aquascaping do you part. i think really some, <laughs> i know that's right for this segment <laughs> do you think some rocks are something better <laughs> than others. Some pieces of wood, like you could take a piece of wood and it's like, just not going to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, does, does every wood have the potential to do something with it? Because a lot of people mm-hmm. will tell me, Oh, I just, my store doesn't get in good wood or I can't, I, the, the, the piece that I have is really crappy. And I, and I, I kind of call bullshit on that sometimes because I think there's a way, but I don't know. I don't Yeah, I don't know.
0: I, I, sort of agree at the same time, most stores that I go into, um, have shitty aquascaping materials. Um, most of them, the, the problem Mm -hmm. is they're, they're inappropriately selected at the time of purchase or, or whatever. Um, the sizing is not correct. Um, and so it's, it might not be specifically just shape or something like that, but, um, compositionally speaking, something that you're going to construct with, you're going to need you know, a small, medium, and large-sized piece. Uh, almost every aquascape is require three, um, you know, elements, whether it's wood, unless you have, like, just a wham-bam, you know, it's it's done and over with kind of single, singular sort of piece of wood that you're like, this is it, put it in Instascape. Um, right. That's very rare. And you spend just as much time searching for those items as you do uh, assembling them. But when it comes to rock... Mm-hmm it and or would um it's very rare that you're going to get that circumstance so you're having to pair or group things and if you don't have three rocks and three various sizes that work together um with similar features and textures it's where you need and this is where the responsibility of the shop owner needs to be standing over someone going yeah did you think about actually using this rock this one really works better with these other choices that you have most shops you go into have one size rock one size wood it's like we have 800 pieces of small spider wood great i don't i don't need any of that i I just it's not that's not going to work unless i'm doing a two gallon aquarium because you you just gave me a bunch of the same damn thing
1: and i'm yeah and that, that's hard. I have to tell you as a as a you know as an owner of a business that does sell this stuff, it is hard. And you know you know what I've done is I've just chosen materials that I like and I just take a chance that people are going to like what we have and hopefully the pieces will do enough work for the for the person that almost everything will work. But you're right, it is hard. Uh, so I have a lot of sympathy for these shop owners, but I agree with what you said. A lot of times you're right. They'll have we just got a big restock of escaping supplies and it's 500 pieces of petrified wood or whatever. And it's like, well, what can you do with that stuff? I mean, you can do something, but it's like, yeah,
0: I mean the, the power of repetition is, is not to to be underestimated. Look at um, a show like family guy where they can literally have a character do the same exact thing for three minutes straight. And it's somehow hilarious. Um, I I don't know if we're looking to have hilarious aquariums, but you can
1: i've seen a few that are hilarious but they weren't intended you can
0: be really effective really effective with with just just a pile of sticks even if they're all the same kind of sticks um Um, you know i I know you've done it um but then again Uh, you have to have the vision or understand okay cool this element on its own isn't going to work i need 40 of them and that's the other thing with the hobbyists and i'm not going to call out hobbyists and say that they're they're "Quote unquote cheap," because I hear that a lot from other industry professionals. It's like, ah, hobbyists are cheap. It's like ah, hobbyists just right. need to be guided in a way that they can create something that is uh, attainable with what they can afford. Like, don't right. reach for things you just can't obtain. Um, when it just when you're going to just be, be frustrated. frustrated, you're setting yourself up for for disappointment. Like, I I really remember this one when. Like Sirius Stone was super hot when it first came to the US and right. uh, people wanted to do Iwagumis and you'd see this, this ADA, uh, you know, 60p, every bell and whistle on it. And um, the only Sirius Stone that could get was like three shards the size of a credit card. And you'd have this like this stupid looking <laughs> outcropping yeah. of rocks just sitting in the middle of an aquarium. And, and right. yeah, and a bunch of hemianthus, you know, calicotroides growing around it so high that it would just eventually cover the rocks and right. you know, like yeah, it was super impressive. Um, the whole point is <laughs> you you needed to spend the five hundred or a thousand dollars on the rocks, like right. they, they just don't understand yeah. that. And and it's it's up to us to go hey no, like yeah you're, time, you're not going to get this yeah um,
1: right expectations yeah. are important too yeah and and you know and 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 that's again the the hard part is is the hobby is expensive i mean parts of it are very expensive i mean i, I this is a little natural segue into some stuff but like for example a little commercial pitch here like the substrates that we
0: they're offer. they're not cheap
1: um they're, they're not cheap they're expensive i'll be the first to admit it but they're literally hand mixed from ingredients that i sourced from all over the country they are unlike any typical thing uh, substrate that you'll see but admittedly they're expensive they're not going to replace you know number three aquarium gravel <laughs> but they might replace that uh, sand or something but, that's not, not but yeah, that's, that's not necessarily yeah it's not the point i think too. the
0: point is you know
1: no it's about what it does
0: i don't want to say curb your enthusiasm but but limit your expectations and i'm not saying don't do the hobby no and by no means i'm not saying that no, what i'm saying is do what you can really really well in a sustainable way. like You know, if if you're like, well, I only have a three hundred dollar budget, don't do don't do a sixty gallon aquarium. Don't do uh don't don't do a twenty gallon aquarium. Do a four gallon aquarium and and make it the best. Like get all of the right materials that you need to to get your vision so that you don't have to redo your aquascape. Um or or whatever. Um, excellent point.
1: Well, you know, it, it goes to equipment choices too. I mean, how many times do we see people on these forums that, you know, hey, I'm looking for a cheap blah, 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 a cheap filter, a cheap – it's like, no, why don't you just, instead of trying to do a 100-gallon aquarium, get a 20, get the real yeah. expensive LED light that actually yep. does work, and deal with that. You know, it's like I, that's the part that I don't understand. And it's not always a price thing. It's because people have this ambition – like you just said, that's outside of their price oh, range. Yeah. So just it, stuff. If, if all you have is cheese and bread, you're not going to maybe be able to make. A it, whole it's lot a of it's a cheap.
0: Western it's yeah. a Western way of thinking about it, you know. And, so and you if just, I again, yeah. we don't make money from this, but if I could oppress upon anybody, no, you know, when you start looking at these things, look for what you're really going to be able to obtain. Look at the elements that you want to put in the aquarium and find what you can afford there, and then get the appropriate sized aquarium. And then now, if you're your aquarium is too small, too big, too whatever, and it doesn't make sense budget-wise. You know, start reallocating to where okay, now I've uh, now I've picked the aquarium that's going to fit around this. And once you own it, it's a platform. You know, it it yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a canvas. You can do whatever and, you need. You know, buy the super yeah. nice Ultim Nature System tank in a two gallon. You know. Right.
1: And there are so many nice. They, they make them, and ADA. Right. They make so many nice, smaller aquariums that are easily obtainable. That you can get a really high quality tank that doesn't have to be a two hundred right. gallon tank or whatever. yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Big isn't always no. It's bad. it's
0: yeah. it's not. And then you got to take fish into consideration too. Fish are not cheap. Um, you know, a little pencil yeah. fish are goal. I mean, they'll, they'll empty your bank account. You know, if you're adding a whole bunch
1: about, of them, right. My Tucano touches, I did 18 of them yeah. $12 a piece in a 10 and, gallon and aquarium or whatever it was. was that's, like,
0: that's more of so the expensive. expectation again. People, oh, oh cool. Yeah, I'm going to get some Tucanos. Eh, two, you're, you're, but you're also not it's making $24. your fish very happy when you're like, I bought two Tucanos. I'm like, you need six, right. 12, 2400. You know, One. you, yeah, it, it's, it's you, right. you need a lot. Dude,
1: 12 yeah. white clouds. Yeah, I mean it's 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 important those those expectations. Um, you know, no. did you want to talk about? No. Topic? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. We can, okay. we can we can talk another about...
0: topic, or um, What's or it? we can answer some questions. questions.
1: Uh, okay. I've sure. got a lot of questions for us today. Um, you want to get into those, and then we can then we can maybe circle. Uh, back we can't say circle topic. back.
0: There's there's too many memes right now of the circle back. Is that and, a ba- yeah.
1: Oh, uh, with circling. we, yeah. we square Sorry, around. Don't say that. We, we can we can resegway. Yeah, we okay. Square around. There you go. All right, here we go, Johnny. Here's the first one. This is from Sylvia of Penrose, Colorado. Why do you think we're just now seeing botanical style aquariums catch on? That's a that's a, that's a, ooh, that's
0: a great that's a, question. A um,
1: yeah,
0: I'll, I'll I'll explain how I felt I though guess. when you started talking. I wanted to to slap a buzzer and then just blurt out an answer like I was playing family feud. Um, but uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. we implement that at some point in time, we're going to have a third party read. And then, and then we fight Stop for the, the question and then answer. Um, just to answer. So I, this is, this is a, this is a very loaded question. I don't believe in all honesty that they yeah. just caught on. I think that they're, just now catching I, on to people 100%. that are on Instagram. Um I think people have done, yeah. you know, botanical or blackwater style aquariums for a very very long time. Um century. Now, yeah. I will tell you and then this is again a shameless sort of plug. I feel as though that the modern culture around blackwater aquariums and the vernacular that's used has largely largely been an adoption of the tint blog and i think that it's made it much easier to explain um and articulate and there have been you know people like scott um all over the place really really pushing that Absolutely. so it's it's become more accessible easy to understand and that just makes it easier to talk about people aren't having to reinvent the wheel every time um the subject's brought up they're able to right. kind of recite uh uh the the blackwater credo and um you know and and go from there so yeah it's bigger now in sort of the mainstream um aspect of of it but i
1: right there was a lot of there was a lot (laughs) of bad information out there too for many years it was just a lot of hearsay and i heard that and this guy told me you know it's like people weren't actually doing it because they thought you know, oh, yep. every time a, a tank is black water, it's right. in danger of crashing, the pH, it's too much stuff will overload your biofilter. There was all that stuff and no one thought about, well, what are you really trying to do? And I think it, to, to our credit, if I even take a look, just us, the work of a whole community and the whole world, we've given everybody a place to come, but we've kind of made it understood that you're not, it's not just a style of aquarium. It's not just a decoration type thing. You're, you're creating a little ecosystem, a little biome. And if you understand the basics of aquarium keeping, you should be able to manage one of these tanks. And I think yeah. maybe we're getting a more educated aquarium. Well, And
0: that, that's, that's what I was going to say is I, I think the reason why you're seeing them become more popular is the myths have been demystified, you know, they're, they're no yeah. longer, um, there, there's no longer like this false representation of what it is. And the, the, the knowledge is readily available at this point. Right. So I had this conversation last night you know with um you know with an individual on instagram and we were mm-hmm. talking about um you know parameters actually it's it's uh ben's aquariums i think oh, yeah. is yeah. Yeah. yeah great guy super great guy um I, I love talking with him super funny um but we were talking about it and he was very surprised he was like dude i can't believe it like my aquarium um cycled so quickly like i've never seen yeah. an aquarium cycle i'm like that's black water. Like you're yeah. putting more things in there um, that are going to jumpstart that biological process. And if anything, you have a more robust cycle and um it goes quicker and it's way more sustainable. Yeah. And he's like, I don't get it. There's like no nitrates in this tank. And I'm like, you're never gonna have them. You like got an
1: onboard fuel source for the bacteria. Yeah,
0: yeah. like um I've never had anything uh as far as a detectable element along those lines or any Bingham. parameter that could get out of whack in any black water tank exactly. um and then the ph also like i have black water tanks that don't have any substrate other than just leaves in them with no filter right. and there's nothing bad in that tank um and and the ph is super stable it's low but it's stable it doesn't just crash um so you know big swings are are, are traumatic to uh to environments but you know we're we're not shifting anything that much so i think accessibility you know sound knowledge um and removing the myth uh that that these things aren't doable um and coupled with the idea that they're more accepting styles of aquariums like it doesn't have to have you know the bitch in serious stone to make it appealing and work there's a there's a right. feeling to it that trans you know lates to every aspect of it um i think it just makes it more appealing
1: yeah i mean i I think you're you hit on the head um there are so many elements involved and 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 i think the complexity is also the simplicity if that makes sense um Mm -hmm. and i think that's a really important thing you know i i had another uh Thought on this too, because somebody asked me a question that actually it didn 't stump me, but it got me thinking and this is this is when I was holding for you I, I gave this guy an answer via email, but this one, I think as a planted aquarium guy, you might maybe you have some thought on this. So here we go. This is from a guy named Ben uh, via email, and Ben said, Can I pick your brain about tannins? hope you don 't mind i 've been trying to get the tint going using catapa leaves and some driftwood from an old order from you guys. At some point, it was a pretty strong tint, but then I started injecting CO2 again. It used to be Mm -hmm. a high-tech planted tank, and the tannins have started fading more every day. Have you noticed this, or do you think there might be some other factor at play for me? I'm trying to figure out how to get a tint going and also use supplemental CO2 for low-light plants at the same time. I have an idea, and I'll throw it out there, and then you go for that. Yeah,
0: so my my answer to resolving that sort of issue is going to be um, shade that's the answer yeah and um what or that's the solution to the problem the the answer to what's happening um most likely is the co2 um as a carbon source is allowing the other organisms Mm -hmm. mainly the plants um you know in the aquarium uh just uptake more nutrients and plants use tannins, lignins, exactly. and, and humic substances as a food source. Um, so what they're doing is you're getting really healthy, fast growing plants because of that um, right. a, as a constant, um, you know, as a constant food source, which is a huge thing that people don't necessarily think about is botanicals in the water breaking down, Mm-hmm. supplying food for bacteria, which, yep. you know, healthy root system, healthy bacteria, uh, fungal yeah. growth, and all of those things inside of an aquarium are going to directly benefit plants as well as the plants uptake those things. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have just a, a better, you know, almost algae free aquarium long as you can get enough light in for the plants. Right. Um,
1: that uptake about know. tannins and plants is really interesting to me because I've read that before. And and that and that's and and I think that that's exactly right. With the CO two, the plants are yeah. getting optimized growth, so they're metabolizing more stuff. That's a that's a great answer. And that's, that was kind of my thinking. The other thing, though, you might find this interesting. So, of course, being the geek that I am, I try to dig into like some scientific papers to see if there's if there's some kind of thing like with CO two interacts with tannins. And I found that like CO two is a nonpolar mo- molecule, and tannins are considered polar compounds. So from from what i could tell carbon dioxide is used as a possible means to extract tannins from wood and stuff in manufacturing so i thought that was interesting too and like so somehow it's bonding with co2 i could be a hey, chemist out there are probably freaking out and going scott shut up but but that that's a possibility too right i mean if you're um
0: well so so function, here so check like this one out idea, to there. to well no there, it's it's both it's both the co2 does do that um the problem is if you're if you're expelling it or extracting it from the wood using CO2 the tannic acids have to go somewhere so right. it's taking them out it's putting them into a more available or bioavailable state oh, which is then be being metabolism. consumed because it's yeah. not like you're extracting it and pulling it right. little little cool tidbit uh, uh you know how they make decaf coffee so decaf coffee you know coffee is full of the things that make uh, water dark um right. don't recommend it for aquariums actually this is another conversation i had with ben um coffee if you if you pour coffee grounds or use coffee grounds or try to use them in your aquarium you'll likely kill everything uh th- there <laughs> there is there's a lot of stuff that's going on there chemically um as far as even just putting a ton of caffeine into your aquarium um you know i, I don't know if you've ever had a cup of coffee don't don't do that to your fish um so <laughs> the the so, the other side so of this shade
1: dark is not going to be yeah, yeah
0: it's not okay. going to be caffeinated but how yeah. they make decaf coffee Which is with co2
1: oh is that what they mean by water yeah. okay and then they say it's water uh, decaffeinated the swiss process mm-hmm. or whatever okay
0: yeah, yeah. Gotcha. so there's 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 a couple of different methods but they're for the most part gassing the freaking beans um right. and and breaking that those things apart and i i i am not you know a biologist i'm not a chemist but from my understanding the tannic you know acids and the humic substances are kind of like a catalyst for the caffeine um and so when you're breaking those elements down it, it's it's something it's getting rid of it and blah 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 it's, it's, it's converting it into something else so um Super cool. so the co2 is having a direct impact but those things are then becoming just more available for the plants to eat um so you know, a really good way of feeding your plants constantly without having an algae source is to just top off your aquarium with uh, shade, you know, you infused go. water. So it's good for both ways. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Well, that was a good, that was a great answer to a great question. And we picked up a little coffee trivia along the way, which is cool. Um, but but that was cool. Um, that was, that was exactly the answer. I was hoping to hear something like that. And that, that was a great point. Um, okay. I'm going to go to another question here. This is from Jacob in Moorcroft, Wyoming. And Jacob asks, Johnny and Scott, what is your favorite live bearer? Okay, that's easy enough.
0: Well, for Scott, he, he's going to talk about the guppy or the endler, maybe. Endler. Yeah, the, the... Yep, the
1: endler, for sure.
0: I, I don't want to say the same thing because I, I want to do something different. <laughs>
1: You had Endlers before anybody I knew, though. Like, honestly, it were the fr- in fact, the first time I ever saw Endlers in a home tank, I think, was in your tank yeah. years and years ago. Um,
0: I'm not going to say so that that, um, that was, like, uh, anything original. I, I liked Endlers because I saw them in, sure a, in an Amano, um, uh, like, Wabi-Sabi, Wabi-Kusa-style aquarium. and was just like, this is the coolest mm-hmm. little fish ever. They but, are. yeah, Endlers... Um, as simple and as long as they've been around, I cannot think of a better fish uh, for that. I have endlers right now. There's, I don't think there's ever been a point in time in my home where there's not been endlers.
1: <laughs> you know what? Another cool live bear fish that just doesn't get any credit right now is, is the platy. Like Because I think they've been so domesticated that like there's so many weird varieties of them, but they're actually really nice in botanical style tanks. They they, they actually, there are some that are found in, in areas in South America that are maybe not necessarily acidic water, but they're tinted water and they pop and and there's all kinds of varieties and mollies too. Right. I mean, the wild mollies are gorgeous.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love like the sailfin mollies, um, you know, mosquito fish. Um, I love sword tails i mean those are those those are all just great great little fish and and sort of in general um so but but favorite live bearer is still i think it's still just going to be you know kind of your your standard issue endler
1: yeah it's Uh, just a great fish
0: yeah i can't i can't think think of anything else that would be like the the quintessential bestest of the best
1: no no that's a good one um Now here's another one. This is one that's going to make you maybe laugh or bring back a little memories. Hey, Johnny and Scott been in the hobby a long time. I have used for years. I have used number three aquarium gravel in my (laughs) tanks. How come we don't see more of that nowadays? And that's a great question. That's from, uh, from Jim in uh, Houston, Texas. And that, and that's a great question. I, I I think number three aquarium gravel was what we had when we were children. I guess we don't use it because there's better alternatives or, chemically or uh less impactful or they're just cooler things like sands and so forth I, what do you think have you ever used the stuff in, in a in a really nice high concept display um it's not very realistic i guess
0: n- well yes and and no um so it depends i mean i i the size is i think is great um
1: yeah it's really and in cool
0: the, the natural color is awesome um the the my beef with it is it typically comes in in kind of this goofy polished um machine yeah. processed look and yeah. um i don't want shiny gravel and so
1: yeah.
0: aesthetically it just kind of messes up the environment unless you're getting a number 3 gravel that that doesn't have that that sort of waxy you know oily yeah, shiny, shiny patina, patina. i'm to like it. yeah it's just I mean, it's actually yeah. the absence of patina. It's just, it's just, and right. it doesn't look, um, natural. You know, I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. I've spent a lot of time in streams and, um, I've never picked up a, a shiny rock out of the stream. That's, that's not supposed to be right. shiny. Um, they're smooth, you know, absolutely. But they're, they're not right. They don't look chemically processed or something. So I think, right. I think that's my beef with them. Um, but I've used all sorts of gravel. Um, and there was a a ton of beautiful, um, like more, we'll call them decorative freshwater plastic plant tanks, um, that we did at ADG that use a very similar gravel. Oh yeah. Super, super beautiful stuff. Um, so yeah, it works. Um, I don't think it lends itself very well and I would love to be proven wrong. Um, I just don't think it has a real big place as a main substrate in a in a blackwater aquarium. No, but for sure, yeah. Pl- yeah, yeah. So, but interesting um, question,
1: right? I mean, that's a, that's like interesting. Anybody that's yeah, it's been in the hobby for a long time, like you and I have been for life. You, you you had a tank with number three gravel. That was what you had as a kid, you know that or the colored stuff.
0: I just, I'm still a big fan of the black mostly yeah. black with the little specks of the neon like the yeah. orange and green and and yep. and the pink um
1: yep that was like that and, gravel and, and, me when I was a kid with cardinals in it,
0: it it matches endlers Ooh. so yeah I'm 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 down for that look yeah. um although you know I guess the other the other thing is we're not using gravel like that anymore yeah. because there are options like you know nature base so yeah. the agapo and varzea substrates are one way more functional
1: yeah.
0: um it's more and like what super supernatural and, and more unique um so I, I think there's a lot of reasons why
1: i think substrates have been one of the most neglected areas of the hobby i mean up until lomano came in and, and there's some great companies i mean carob and seachem and are doing some fantastic stuff and a lot of companies but But I think substrates are so underrated by aquarists as far as the effects you can impart to the tank, not just visually, but chemically and environmentally. Mm -hmm. And I think we take it for granted. We just get a bag of sand that's eh, the right color. You pour it on the bottom and that's that. And I think we've taken the substrate in general. I mean, you and I have talked about this forever. You know, what's wrong with the substrate entirely of leaves, of of smashed up leaves buried in, in sand, of smashed up botanicals, of you know decomposing whatever twigs i mean there's so many things you can do with substrate that are so interesting and i like you can do an, an entire heck if, if i wasn't doing tanning i would do it i would have a company that did nothing but substrate material because it's such a cool field there's so many neat things you can do but uh i i agree right i mean that's a whole thing well let's get to the next question here um this is directly for you johnny this is from Ernst in Cardiff in the UK, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna get this out because I know this is your last question. So Ernst asks, "What is your favorite type of wood for use in a botanical style aquarium right now?"
0: Favorite type of wood? Wood botanical. Oh God! I right now. Um, I, what is that stuff called is it the B-
1: benti is it the Bantigi, yeah the, 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 the pendigi like, yeah bentigi, yeah it's like a it's like a mangrove species but it's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Bentigi. that's
0: bentigi. that's it's easily cool. my favorite right now it's it's kind of a one and done in many instances yeah. especially for a smaller aquarium it's a little bit it's a little bit more expensive yeah. um i think we're the only people that actually has a species of wood um but yeah, yeah bentigi yeah. It's, um it's really stuff, it's interesting neat that's yeah. that's my favorite right picture. now i have it in my ultim um what is it ultim nature systems 45s
1: in, in yeah
0: and yeah. the the shallow one i love the compact and kind of sprawling nature i mean it's how can you be compact and open i it's it's just a really interesting to, wood it's
1: like, it's like a tabling coral yeah it and like it's really robust um it's right? not a
0: flimsy wood yeah. and when it gets waterlogged. Um, it sinks one really quickly, but it doesn't get, uh, smushy.
1: It doesn't. Yeah. And I
0: mean, it gets some biofilm, um, but it's just a really, really great looking wood. And it's one that you don't even need to work with. You can just kind of put it in the tank in any which way. And however it lays, you're like, yeah, it looks cool. Yep.
1: One and done. Exactly. Good choice. All right, man. Well, let's, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this one for today and we'll, we'll do another one soon. And we'll have a special guest I think next time. And uh, Johnny, thanks for your time, man. It's good good uh, talking to you again, as always. And uh, everybody out there, thanks for uh, stopping by and spending part of your day with us. And we look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.